Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. This month, we're going to start a new series called The Future Is. What is it? The Future Is. And today I want to speak about the future is vision. The future is vision. We're going to be learning about the prophet Nehemiah. Have you heard of prophet Nehemiah? Some of you have. It's a great story in the Bible. I want to start by speaking about Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr., as we see here, he's known as the civil rights guy, right? He's the one who started all the civil rights movement. He had a great concern for the American people. He knew that something wasn't right. He knew that segregation was wrong, but he didn't know how to fight it. He started very early to get educated. He started school at the age of 15 and very young. He got a doctorate too, so he had that advantage. And then he also met God. He knew he had a calling, so he decided to give his life to Jesus and say, okay, I'm going to dedicate my life to become a minister. He was a pastor's son, but for a while, he didn't want anything to do with pastoring. He's like, that's not for me. I don't like the church. But after a while, eventually, he's like, I know I have a calling. I know God chose me for something greater and that's what he pursued after a while he started getting known around the united states and then i don't know if you guys have heard of rosa parks you've heard of rosa parks Woo! <laughs> rosa parks she's also very well known here and she also led this bus boycott because she's a, a colored woman and you know, back then, there was like the color section and the white section. So when she was sitting on a bus and the bus driver asked her, can you please stand and give your seat to the white man because all the white section is full? And she said, no, I don't want to. I, uh, this is my seat and I'm gonna stay here. And eventually she was put into prison just for doing that. But this raised like an awareness and Martin Luther King said, okay, I'm going to lead this. I'm going to lead this nationwide. They fought for it for a while. And after some many months of fighting, eventually they went to court and Rosa Parks won the case. So they removed this boycott from Montgomery, Montgomery Alabama. Woo! <laughs> Give it up for Rosa Parks. So... This made him angry. There was something happening. This made Martin Luther King angry. This made Rosa Parks angry because injustice makes you angry, right? Who's seen injustice in this world, right? And so you're like, man, we have to do something about it. And this is what happened to him. This made him very angry. After that, he's like, okay, but we have to be smart to fight this. So he heard about Gandhi in India, and he heard how he had used the nonviolent 
protest type thing. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna go learn from them. And then this is what we're gonna start doing in the US. So they adopted this vision of non-protesting. And this is what the African-American community started to do nationwide. And this was so smart because they were like, we're non-violent, we love God, we love people, and we're just defending our constitution, which says all men are created equal. And this is how we want to be treated. And look what Martin Luther King says. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Wow. So it's like a lot of times you think, man, I don't like this. There's injustice in this world. We have to do something about it. But a lot of times we stay silent because we don't want to be in trouble or we don't want to be signaled out, right? And this is what Martin Luther King says. You have to speak out. You can't be silent. And look what he says as well. You know, after some years, he was able to gather everyone, like thousands and thousands of people in Washington, D.C. and his famous I have a dream speech. Have you heard about it? Woo, I think we all have. And I have this quote that says, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of the skin, but by the content of their character. Wow. It's like you're more than your color. You're more than the place you come from. You stand for who you are, for your character. That's the most important thing. But how did it all start? Say with me, with a concern. With a concern. So it starts with a concern. And this is exactly what happened to Nehemiah. Nehemiah, you know, we were studying a few months ago about Daniel. Do you remember Daniel? Those of you who are here. Daniel... He was taking us captive to Israel, and the Babylonians invaded the nation, right? So many years went by. Here comes Nehemiah, and the city is completely destroyed. They're still in exile. And who was Nehemiah? Nehemiah was the king's cup bearer. So you may think, what is a king? What is a king's cup bearer? Do you know what that is? The one who brings the cup, right? But sometimes when I first read that, I thought, man, this guy must be like the king's waiter, right? But it's not. He's like the prime minister. He's like second in command. He's super important. He has a really, really important role. And so he's there in Persia, 800 miles away from Jerusalem. And these guys come from Jerusalem and he's like, hey, what's going on? How is Jerusalem? And look what they say. He, in Nehemiah 1, verse 3, from the New Living Translation, it says, They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Wow. What is a city? How does it look when it has no walls? You know, in the old times, when a city had no walls, how does it look? Destroyed. 
What does it mean when a city has no walls? What meaning does it have? No protection, right? That's the way they felt protected. And even up to today, we still see the same thing. This is why Trump wants to do the wall, right? Because that's the thing that brings protection to a nation. So up to this day, the wall means no protection. So look, look at a city that is destroyed. Look at a city that has no walls. And it says that their gates were on fire as well. And not only that, but the people inside there, like the Israelites, they were treated really, really bad. So if you would try to defend yourself, all the other people from the empire would come and, you know, with swords, and they felt totally unprotected. And Nehemiah had no clue how the people were living there in Jerusalem. And this completely broke his heart. So I want to ask you today, like, what breaks your heart? What are you going through today? What is the thing that you say, man, this is so hard for me. This is so unfair. What is the condition in your house, in your school, in your job? Maybe you are alone in the city and you feel like I'm totally unprotected. Maybe you feel like the people in Jerusalem, you have no walls around you. And this is what broke Nehemiah's heart. And then he's like, I'm mad, right? I'm super angry about this because it's not fair. People are being treated so horribly. And what can I do about this? So when I'm speaking about that the future is vision, this starts when you start seeing injustice. Do you see injustice in your life? Do you see injustice in your house? Do you see injustice maybe in your country? And then you're really mad about this. Who's mad about something? Be, be honest, you know? I'm, I, I have to tell you the truth. I'm mad about the situation in Venezuela. Who's mad about that, right? I'm mad about Maduro taking over as a dictator. I'm being so unfair when you hear all these things happening. So it's like, man, I'm angry about this, but what can I do about it? And this is a cool thing that Nehemiah did. And look at what it says in Nehemiah 1.4. It says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Wow. Sometimes you're mad, and what is the first thing that you do? When you're like, man, this is so unfair. I'm being treated so bad. What is the first thing you do? Maybe you say like a negative thing. Maybe you even curse someone. What is it that you do? Huh? Think about that. You don't have to tell me, but just think about it. I know a lot of us do really, really stupid things. But look what Nehemiah did. Say with me, but first, pray. Say one more time, but first, pray. This is what Nehemiah did. He prayed. He didn't go like straight to the king. Man, my people are being treated so bad because he had a, you know, as I told you, he was like the prime minister. But he's like, I have to pray. In fact, 
I have to pray for many days. I have to mourn because I'm sad. This is wrong. And I'm probably the one, the only one who can do something about it. No one else can because they're unprotected. And I have a good place. You know, I have a place of honor. I'm the only one who can do something about it. But I have to pray. I have to ask God for forgiveness. And if you read that chapter, you know, you can do it when you're home, Nehemiah 1. It's all about prayer. And it's amazing because he's like, God, forgive us. We have sinned. You told us over and over not to worship other idols. You told us over and over that if we would get far away from you, destruction was going to come. And yet again, we disobeyed one time after another. And this was his prayer, a prayer of repentance. It wasn't like a five-minute prayer where you're like, oh, man, you know, like how like we did right here, like today. Please bless the Bahamas. Amen. Man, that's it. No, it was like a prayer and a fasting. And like it says that he tore his clothes and it was days in the presence of God. And this is where you get the vision for what God has for you. It's not like an idea that just randomly comes. But God's vision comes to you in prayer. That's why it's so important that you become an intercessor. But maybe you say, but I don't even know how to pray more than five minutes. Who has, I have, I have to be honest with you, sometimes it's hard for me to, you're like, oh, but you're a pastor. Yeah. But it takes time for you to settle your mind into prayer. It takes some minutes. So I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with that. And I just have to be consistent with my prayer every day. But if you want to pray more than five minutes, or even if you pray ten minutes every day, but it's like the best ten minutes of your life, that they're filled with power and you feel the presence of God, something can happen for you that day. So I want you to think, how's your prayer life? And if you want to pray for more than five, ten minutes, I encourage you guys to come on Saturday morning. Woo! Saturday morning, we're here interceding for you guys at 6 a.m. Woo! Where's all the intercessors at? Woo! And I'm telling you, we pray for two hours. You're like, two hours is a long time. It is, but it flies. We have worship. It's very dynamic and like... Time just flies. And those two hours are amazing. And you're like, man, this prayer time completely changed my life. So it really helps you to get your prayer into a whole different level. Because I see you guys as those prayer warriors. You're not just here to just fill a seat. You're here to really move God's hand through your prayer. That's, this is what God has called you for. And I want you guys to believe that. Because your prayer can completely change the circumstances. Just how it did in Nehemiah. You know, and last year, 
I was like Nehemiah, you know, I, I saw things, and especially in my own life, I felt like, man, I'm, I feel stuck. I feel that I'm not going forward. Have you ever, you know, felt that? You're like, what's the purpose with my life? What, I'm, what on earth am I here for? Have you ever asked that yourself a question? Yeah? Or I'm the only one? I believe everyone has had this question. And I was like, God, there must be something else. I feel like I'm doing so many things and achieving very little. Because as human beings, we want to feel like we're moving forward, right? So what was the first thing that I did? It was just as Nehemiah did. I prayed with my husband and we fasted for three days, just water. And it was a fast for purpose. Because a lot of times if you just go on your own, and if you just start doing things on your own, you're going to keep going after the same cycle. But I'm telling you, there's power in prayer and there's power in fasting. Come on. If you believe it today, give it up for Jesus. Say, God, I believe there's power in prayer and fasting. And after I prayed and I fasted for those three days, I felt like, God was just lifting my spirit. And I was like, wow, I'm new. From there, God took me into some books. God took me into something new. And my mindset started to change. Nothing around me had changed, but I had changed. And this is exactly what happens also when you go to, to life class. If you haven't signed up and you go to the retreat, to the encounter, it's like you're away for two days and it's like you have a supernatural encounter with God you're back from that encounter and you're like man I'm changed I'm new but your family's still the same your job's still the same everything's but on the inside you're new and this is what happened to to us me and my husband last year after we prayed we fasted and then God started to like say like wow you you are the one who has to change you know how you start blaming other people that you're like, they're the ones who are not changing. They're the ones who are not advancing. They're the ones, like, you always blame your husband, your friend, your neighbor, your schoolmate. But it's you who has to change. Say, it's me. It's me. Tell a person next to you, it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. But first, pray. There is a quote that I like. It says, prayer does not change God, but it changes him who prays. So don't pray to just like go after what you want. God, I pray because I want this car. God, I pray because I want this house. God, I pray because I want to be healed. A lot of times we just pray when we're in need. But Sometimes God's going to do the miracle for you, but sometimes he's not, but he's still God. But I'm telling you, if you pray, you are the one who's going to change. You are the one who's going to experience the power of God because this is what prayer does. It changes you. It doesn't change God, but it changes you on the inside. And this is what Nehemiah did. He started praying. 
he started praying and praying. And after he did that prayer of repentance, that he's just like, God, we're far away from you. Me and my family and all of the people from Israel, we've been away from you. But come on, have mercy on us. And after that prayer, is like, boom. He's like, I know I have the favor of God. After many days of prayer, after many days of fasting, he knew that then he was going to go to the king and the king was going to say, yes, you may go. Yes, you may lead the people. Because he had won that in prayer. And it changed him completely. And that's what he did. He's like, I'm going to go to the king and I'm going to ask him if I can lead this project. And I just ask you, God, to please give me favor before the king. Because this was huge. Imagine if you were like Nehemiah. He's like the prime minister, that you have a place of honor, that you have all the money that you want, all the money that you need. And all of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to lead this people, and we're going to go and build the wall. But you know what? I might die. I might have to give my life for these people. So I'm going to have to remove myself from this place of honor where I am and now go fight for my people. Now go lead this people because this is what's in my heart. This is my vision. So he was even willing to give his own life for this vision. He was even willing to make a sacrifice for what he thought that was right. So I don't know about you, but I have a vision for this church that every one of you guys is a leader. That's the vision that we have in our church. You're not just here as an attendee. We don't want to just see you here every week receiving a nice message, but that that vision will start giving birth in your heart as well. Because this is what Jesus has called us to do. He says, I've called you to be your hands, God's hands and God's feet, and to spread the good news. But you might say, well, I don't know how to speak. Well, neither did Moses. Neither did a lot of great men in the Bible. But you know what they did? They prayed and they believed God. God never chose extraordinary people. He chose ordinary people. And you, say, you might say, God, but I don't have any talents. I don't know anyone. I'm just all alone in this world. Who's going to believe me? Well, you're not going in your name. You're going in Jesus' name. And that's more powerful than anything. And this is what Jesus is calling you for. You're in this world for a vision greater than yourself. And you know what? Say what? You know what? Say it louder. You know what? This vision is not about you. Say it's not about me. Because a lot of times we're like, I'm going to be the best entrepreneur in the world. I'm going to be a millionaire. You know, who, who has all those types of dreams? I think we all do. <laughs> But this vision is greater than yourself. It's not about you or your company or your job. You know what? 
You know what? It's about other people. When your vision is about others, then it's a greater vision than yourself. Amen. Amen. Look, this is huge because everywhere else they're going to tell you it's all about you. If you think about it, if you dream about it, you can conquer it. You can do anything. You can become. And that's great. I believe that. But the vision is greater when it's not about you. When it's about God and when it's about other people. When you work for others, then you're fulfilling God's vision. Tell the person next to you, it's about other people. Tell the other person next to you, it's not about you. And tell them you're not that important. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're a little bit important. You're a little bit important. But this is huge because a lot of times this is what we think. I'm so, I'm going to be so important. I'm going to have a place of honor. Look, Nehemiah had the highest place of honor. He was like the president. But he's like, it's not about me. My people are dying. Jerusalem is in ruins. The city is destroyed. So I have to go do it. Who's going to do it? Who's going to go take care of these people? Who's going to lead these people of Jerusalem? He's like, I have to do it. I know God is calling me. He was a prophet of God. He was a man of prayer. And God gave him the strategy to do it. And if you read the book of Nehemiah, this vision actually took him to build the wall in 52 days. This is amazing because it's like very, very short time for such a huge project. But it all started with a concern. It all started in prayer. And that's where he had conviction, I'm gonna change history. Because it's not about me, it's about God and what he says that he's gonna do through me. And look what Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God works in you for his will and for his pleasure. And this thing that breaks your heart is going to lead you into this vision. I know God is talking to many of you. You're saying, well, Maybe I'm a little bit I'm a little bit selfish and I'm just thinking about myself and I'm just thinking of how I can make things work out. Or maybe God's speaking to you today and giving you a greater vision. Because this is what the Bible says. It says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And you're thinking of something small and you're thinking of something little for yourself. But as you think of God's vision, he's going to lead you to help other people around you. So I want you to stand today and I want you to think, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to die for? What is the concern in your house right now? What is the thing that you're going through right now? And this is what's going to start this vision in you 
because this is what the future is. It's not really about you. It's really about who God says you are. And it's really about what God wants to do through you because I'm telling you, you are God's chosen instrument for this time. Come on, if you believe this world, just lift up your hands and say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe that God has chosen me. Come on. Say, God, this concern. You know what? Maybe we see this city in ruins. Maybe not physically, but I have a concern for the city of Miami because I see ruins in people's lives. I see so many families that are destroyed. I see so many people who are in drugs, who are in addictions, who are addicted to pornography. So many people who are growing up without a father, without a mother. And this, this is the concern that's in my heart. This is what brings vision to my life, to be a voice to those who don't have a voice, to those people who have had their hearts broken. They've gone through so many relationships and over and over they've broken their hearts. They don't believe in marriage. They don't believe in family because they say, how could anyone be faithful? And this is what breaks my heart so I don't know what breaks your heart. Just think about that. What breaks your heart? And this is what's going to start bringing vision into your heart. We see it over and over. So many examples. Just like Martin Luther, injustice broke his heart. And this is what led him to become the leader who he was. So you're gonna think about that, and you're just gonna pray, God, bring me your vision. Because it's not about me. It's about what you can do through me. It's about what you can do through my life because I know that I am nothing without you but can you use the nothing can you use me maybe I'm just a small piece of what you want to do in this city of what you want to do in this church and I just want to tell you that I believe it thanks so much for tuning in before you go make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new we would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.